Hello and welcome to Across the Divide. My name is Ashley Lawrence and I'm joined by my brother Ricky Lawrence. Good evening, brother Ashley Lawrence. So here we are, we've got we've got last weekend's games to, to recap briefly and then we've got, uh, unfortunately for me, we've got another Arsenal victory to discuss. I did realise, because we just briefly spoke offline, I realised that Arsenal, we had our own loss uh, in between. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's weird when when you're abroad um because like it feel even though obviously we live in an age of of vast modern technology and i you know i could easily have kind of kept up with the minute by minute of all the champions league it did really feel like the champions league just kind of happened and then i kind of almost found out the scores afterwards kind of thing i wasn't engaged with it at all well funny Um, enough also on that note is that i listened to um the the Gary Neville, I always forget what it's called, uh, Stick to Football podcast. And he actually led with a, the discussed the Champions League being boring. Um, oh. Gary Neville was quite like, sort of, yeah, he's, he said it just got boring now. Um, I think, I don't think there's really a fixture in this second round that really, you know, gets you excited on paper. Yeah, um, but it's, it's, it's by design though, really, isn't it? It's by design because yeah. all the strongest teams are kept apart through the group stage and then yeah. they win the groups and so they're kept apart. And, and it, you know, it, it's not coincidence that it doesn't necessarily get full of exciting fixtures until the quarterfinals. Um, yeah. I, don't know if that's ne- I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I think we might well look back at this Champions League format and think how great it was when the new one comes in next year. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I also, I guess it's like the World Cup. You get really excited. You love the World Cup. Um, and then the second round figures come along, and you're like, oh, well, I know who's going to win all of those on paper anyway. So, mm, yeah, but do you? But do you in this in this Champions League round? That's the question. Well, on, pa- on paper, oh, see, I get, yeah, well, yeah, or they're not that exciting or, again. On yeah, paper. Mm. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be all snobby about it, but I don't think anyone's getting that excited by like even like Inter Milan who were the semi finalists, uh, finalists last year against Atletico. Or, or Dortmund versus Sevilla. It's, I don't know. Maybe, that's, maybe they're, they're not bad fixtures, but they're just, they're not like it, that. It, Liverpool. But of course, like you said, those games aren't going to be in the second round anyway. Magic could be because the English teams are just in it, but you know, Magic yeah. Madrid or whatever. It's funny that you, Inter were the first team you used as an example there because I, so I did catch up on all the Champions League highlights when I was home. Hmm. Um, and Inter stood out to me as a team. <laughs> When you look at who they have in their squad, you do have to wonder if maybe every team outside the Premier League is just ever so slightly not very good. Inter Milan's squad includes a 35-year-old Henrik Mkhitaryan, um, a 34-year-old Matteo Darmian. Obviously, their winning goal this week in the Champions League was scored by a 34-year-old Marco Arnautovic. And they also brought on a 35-year-old Alexis Sanchez. And they are, as I speak, um, oh, nine, nine points clear with the game in hand in Syria. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I kind of... 35 years old, isn't he? Who? Sanchez is 35. He is. Alexis Sanchez is 35 years old these days. Um, and, yeah, so I do kind of... I do wonder if... I, I, I'm not exactly kind of stating anything revelatory here, but the, the quality of the Premier League, I think, is so far above even the strongest squads, pretty much. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's lots of different examples you can cite, but when I saw how 
how far ahead into where in Italy and, you know, obviously they, they beat Atletico and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, not to, I'm, I'm certainly not a European football expert, but it does appear to me like increasingly it's just a yeah, case I, of... I think that's also one, another negative in the Champions League, especially this year when Liverpool aren't even in it. Yeah. Look at it and like, well, Man City will just win it. Like, and not only the Man City win it, every game they play is like, like someone said to me the other day, oh, you know, Copenhagen in Denmark, like, are you joking? Like, even if it's a draw, <laughs> you know Man City are going to win like 17 nil at home. It's like, and I, I don't even yeah. know what to do about that. But, I mean, obviously Man City, are, you know, everyone knows yeah. the whole issues around Man City, but yeah, you know, that doesn't help when you just want to watch a good game in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what anyone does about that. I think we, you and I spend a fair amount of time on on here discussing the issues that Man City um, present to kind of general enjoyment of football. Um, but I suppose for the next three months at least, I'll be uh, I'll be cheering them on week in week out. <laughs> well, oh, I see. Oh, Liverpool, no. Well, e- either one's fine. Fine. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Oh yeah. I, I obviously, I'd rather I'd rather Liverpool Liverpool yeah. one. Um, and I obviously, you know very much i'm sure we'll come to it shortly but i very much enjoyed liverpool's victory uh this afternoon as we speak um see but obviously you can't you know you don't want to sleep on liverpool we don't want to sleep on man city you need them to win as well and then as long as one of those teams tops arsenal then you're fine right that that's that's pretty much where i find myself yeah, yeah. Well, I get that. Um, talking of which maybe we should um why don't we start um, i mean i'm um, play pro- burnley also play burnley over a week ago now. Yeah, same exactly the same kickoff time as, yeah, as yeah. the first ball. Yeah, should we both talk at the same time? Is in <laughs> tribute to them? Um, um yeah, go on, you can go first. Yeah, I mean ours was about as easy as I felt it was kind of easy than even against West Ham. Mm. Because obviously we scored after what like three minutes or something. Yeah. They were they were they were really, really, really awful. I, the, the thing is not from a oh, it's easier for Arsenal to score goals against them, but you'd much rather a team came up like Burnley who don't just say, okay, we're in the Premier League now and all we have to do is, all we're going to do is try and do is keep them <laughs> behind the ball for 19 or 11 yeah. minutes and hope that we don't concede. I'm all four teams, you know, playing differently. Um, and so I'm, it I'm, seems like, you know, I don't want to criticise them, but my God, they're just, yeah. they were so bad. It was just the easiest of away games and that's I mean, like I said I include West Ham the 6-0 be winning mm. that um, yeah we played well um, and yeah, I don't and know what, didn't. what more there is to say on that Burnley didn't yeah and it was it was uh, yeah just a piece of cake really but that's probably enough about Burnley maybe yeah. we're trying to uh, you know, just continue talking about the uh, Arsenal game on that day but Spurs versus Wolverhampton Wanderers um, yeah Spurs versus Wolverhampton Wanderers just a really kind of disappointing performance and result ultimately. Um, it's funny because, you know, we've been, Spurs fans have been saying for months, oh, you know, once we can't wait to get the full squad back and, you know, we're missing so many key players and we really were. And then we had one shining moment where the full squad was fit um, and we uh, got a last minute winner against Brighton and it was like, wow, this is amazing. We've brought on players and we've made a difference. And then, lo and behold, arguably, well, certainly up there with our most important players, the two fullbacks, both pick up, thankfully, minor injuries. Um, and 
the whole system is pretty much designed around having these two fullbacks who will cause mayhem in the opposition box and they'll do all the defensive work and they'll get up and down the pitch and they'll be here, there and everywhere and the opposition won't be able to kind of keep track of them. And then, yeah, um, you replace them with Ben Davis and Emerson Royale. Um, Is that just a time thing? Like you can't have two players in every position? I mean, yeah, they don't have it anyway, but like that quickly. Obviously, your the sort of turnaround in Spurs' squad, turnover in Spurs' squad has, has been massive, yeah. pretty quick. And yeah, if you're you're unlucky if one of your fullbacks gets injured, um, and yeah. you don't have a ready-made replacement. I guess what Royale is a better replacement in terms of. Oh well, you out. would think what you would think, wouldn't you? Um, Emerson yeah. Royale, Emerson yeah. Royale against Wolves was so bad, and oh, really? I, I, I think I think that. You know, some of it has to be down, like I say, to the to the system and everything. But he ended up on the ball so often, and you do you do start to wonder as you watch it as to whether Wolves have basically just gone. Well, I mean, if they're going to keep the same system, then that means Emerson Royale is going to be doing all the stuff that Pedro yeah. Porro would normally yeah. do. Um, so let's just let him have a go because he just he just he bless him, he's just. He's just not. He's just not that footballer, unfortunately. Well, no, it isn't, um, it isn't just a point though, because I don't think it's that unlikely that that did play. I mean, I, I well, we know, yeah. Other than that we today, um, Wolves did did set up like that, and I also think that that is often the problem when you have a system that is based around certain players being on the ball a lot. Yeah. Um, that sometimes if someone has replaced that player who isn't as good on the ball, it's different if you know a centre back is replaced by another centre-back whose job is to, to defend, or even a winger, it's your job to... Yeah, of course. But when, it's, yeah. when you are... I guess it's like Zinchenko, you know, once he started being this inverted fullback, who would get on the ball a lot. Um, when Kieran Tierney would replace him, Kieran Tierney would do the same thing, and he looked like a fish out of water. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that didn't happen that regularly. And um, <clears throat> obviously Tierney's been moved on or be on loan. Um, mm. I like Tommy Asher has done it a bit, but he he looked really uncomfortable to begin with, and has grown into it when he's been asked to do the same thing. Can we yeah. all when he now plays that back? Is just it's we just play a different way. I think it's very. Yeah. I think he tried it a little bit, and he's like he got brought off early against Luton, a half time against Fulham, um, and now Kiwio has actually settled uh, into his role as I guess at the moment he's playing left back for us, and yeah, we've obviously just said okay. We're not playing the same way because it just doesn't work, and you know it's, that's after a few uh, mishaps with Kiwi or there. So I have sympathy with, yeah. you know, I guess you were saying, right, Rael, can you just be Pedro Porro? But it's probably even harder when both your fullbacks are out, right? Yeah, and I think look, you know, I've obviously been a massive um, kind of proponent of Ange and everything he's done at the club in the time he's been there, but I do think a lot of the blame has to go on him rather than on Real or Davis or anyone else in the team, because obviously, you know, I completely uh, uh, acknowledge that he's you know trying to play a certain way, all that kind of thing, but I think sometimes you just have to adapt ever so slightly. I mean, we've all seen Emerson Real play football long enough to know what his strengths are. Um, and yeah, I think that was that was a problem. I think also the fact that you know some players who you would hope you could rely on sort of you know didn't didn't necessarily have their best games, um, and yeah, it becomes a bit of a um, perfect storm after a while. So we've got two Arsenal games from this week to cover. One I imagine you'll be more keen to talk about than the other. Well, yeah, 
Um, I guess one uh, criticism Arteta hasn't been able to shake yet, despite sort of cruising through the group stages, top of the group, is our uh, is well his ability in Europe, um, as we've pretty much only failed so far in it under Arteta. And I think Wednesday he got element. I, th- I think we set up too negative. You know, having scored eleven goals in the two previous games, albeit against opposition. You know, although we did speak about how weak Europe is, you know, I don't think Burnley would do particularly well in the Champions League, nor do I think West Ham would fare much better. But I just felt that we were almost like Arteta would have shaken hands on nil-nil before the game started, um, and we didn't play great. And I think you know we just like silly things like couldn't control the ball, and yeah, we'd be you know we were poor. You know, it all sort of you know when you make an error really early and you just think okay whatever but it ends up sort of being catalyst to just a really poor performance um uh, gabriel passed Declan rice who by this point Declan rice was looking at saka telling him where to go and didn't even realize the ball had been played to him and uh, ended up uh fouling a porto player getting yellow cards and yeah it was just it was just a really bad performance and Jorginho was our only sub he came on for a trossard which is obviously a uh slightly defensive change and it really disappointed that it didn't turn to any of his other subs um i'll be honest i'm not a big inketia fan i'm even less of a nelson fan i absolutely love smith Rowe, and arteta is um yes you could say just being very cautious with the minutes he's giving him if you're being kind if you're not being kind you probably just say he doesn't really rate him that highly anymore um but you think just give you know martinelli that like he's been playing he played the whole game against Burnley, played a lot against West Ham, um, just take him off for a bit and give someone that might play better in this last 15, 20 minutes or even 10 minutes. But he didn't want to do it, obviously. And I'm not blaming Martinelli for the goal, you know. He made a bad pass very far out. That You know, he obviously looked to try and create a goal. Um, and, yeah, they scored a great goal. I don't know. I feel like Raya could have done better. Could have been further back. Obviously, he's not tallest of keepers at all um and now we have a battle which i expect us to overcome but nil nil we think okay we just need to beat him one nil our place now suddenly becomes where we have to score two goals against him it did look good at the back um and yeah it's uh, an uphill struggle yeah i um I mean, like like, like I mentioned, I, I didn't see this game live. I, I did I did catch up with the highlights. It felt like maybe Porto had the better of the chances. But they had a crazy chance in the first half. Yeah, where yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it. Was one of those where even though I knew they didn't score, <laughs> yeah, I still thought it had gone in. Yeah. I was. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, that was that was quite something. I don't. Know, I don't. Think. It's because he hit the rebound, especially so hard. Yeah. The first one hard. Yeah. The second one hit so hard and it went so fast that I don't think anyone watching knew what had happened. I definitely, yeah. like, I, I mean, I was taking wild guesses until they showed a replay. Yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah. I don't, I, I can't recall ever seeing a chance like that where, like you say, he, he, he reacts so well. To, <laughs> I was always going to use a cliche that he almost reacts too well. Like, if he had got, less of contact on it it maybe would have gone in because it was just yeah 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 uh, yeah again yeah Saliba was just like it was like he just his head was elsewhere and Mm. it was that sort of he just 
didn't react at all and he had a poor game. Anyway, I think um, if it, if that was the game that knocked us out, I'd probably say, well, you know, maybe talk about it a little bit more reluctantly. But that is only the first leg. Hopeful, and I guess I am yeah. confident that we'll, that we'll end up progressing. But it's a much bigger game now than it kind of even would have been with Neil Neil because I think we suddenly, like, you know, you know, it's like a football, your season could end at the drop of a hat. And by the time we even play Porto, we could look, our season could look different. Um, yeah. By the time we play, if we were to go out and then, you know, lose a couple of games in the league, even after that, you're suddenly like, well, Arteta again has done badly in Europe. The league's gone, and suddenly all the you know, positivity that it, I guess is still around the club right now disappears quite quickly. And uh, yeah, so you, yeah. that's that's why these sort of results can it just it just it just uh, cranks up the pressure for three weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, it I, it does. And you know, it was interesting. Obviously, we'll skip ahead now and talk about the Newcastle game. But it was interesting after the Newcastle game. I think the first question they asked. I can't remember who it was now. Whoever the, the TV interviewed first on, on TNT after your game last night, um, the first question was, does this make up for, for you know, Porto in midweek? And I, I do get it because that was your previous game. But it kind of feels like they're, they're almost happening in completely separate seasons because the way Arsenal, especially in the league, like the way Arsenal are playing at the moment, kind of feel like, I don't want to say that like the Champions League could become a, distraction but like would it I, I mean i kind of almost wouldn't be upset if you went through because i kind of feel like if you don't have the champions league to distract you you're going to have what is it like 12 games and yeah you'll be you know you, you could yeah, so you I, make a run of it i do understand the point and what i would come back to is like i said i mean again if we were just competing with one side of the league and they were then going to have to play all these other games, and we didn't. Then maybe they are right. Both well, both teams above you will do right. Yeah, but that sort of did happen last season anyway. Man City won the treble, and we mm. went out of, I mean, pretty much all cups, not as early as possible, but not far off, and we still didn't win the league. So I, yeah, I'm not quite there. And also, as we've also alluded to, that the Champions League isn't doesn't have as many strong teams. Liverpool aren't in it. Real Madrid, I don't think, are still out of the Real Madrid. They yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. And if you go through and you avoid Man City, and you know, if you get yeah. really lucky, they go out. We're like, hang on a second, you know. The yeah, hundred percent. Like, five years ago, if someone said you'd win the Champions League in five years' time, you'd laugh at them. I don't think you will yeah. win the Champions League. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but progressing now for the fact yeah. that don't play like a an old. As good as as good as they used to be, or Barcelona as good as they used to be. There's mm. no Liverpool. There's no Man United. Bayern Munich, I guess, aren't as good. And again, you know, it just means that you want to progress because you think, hang on a second, you know, who who knows? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. Take a point. I, 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 just to be clear, I'm not suggesting that any Arsenal fan should want anything other than for you to no, I know. get through. Um, I'm just looking at at it as someone who's only real objective from the remainder of the season is just to make sure that Arsenal don't win anything. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm only looking at that from that perspective and thinking, you know, maybe. But yeah, ultimately, I think if anything has been clearly demonstrated over the last five, ten years, it's that English teams can get very, very far in the Champions League without being, you know, particularly strong in their domestic league. Um, so there's nothing to say that Arsenal can't 
get very, very far in it because, you know, you're doing well in the league as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, 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 I think, I guess my original point was that I, it kind of just seems strange that in the, in, you know, in the light of sort of this incredible run of three games you've had in the league or four games, I suppose, um, of like massive results, it felt weird that the first reaction of the interviewer was, does this make up for Porto? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, um, should we talk about the Newcastle game in a little bit more detail now? It feels like... Uh, yeah, I think, um, win. you know, there's, there's certain games where you sort of turn to the person next to you after I don't know, 20, 25 minutes ago, they're playing really well. Mm. Uh, and that's what it was like last night. It was one of those games where it was just, it was just joyous being there. Not just with the goals. It was just, you know, they did not have a sniff in the first half. Like, I mean, Raya came out and cleared some balls away and that's about it like yeah. it was just so easy and oh, that's unfair it wasn't so easy we played so well like we were just absolutely brilliant um pretty much everyone on the pitch just uh played really well like overall um without you know i'm sure i can nitpick um which i'll come on to in a sec but like i think um yeah it was just great it was great great to watch them play so well score goals at great times like it was you know, two nil. I, I, I said um, just after half, as as we went to kick off the second half, I said turned to Jamie and said uh, who I sit with. I said it's kind of weird. Newcastle would probably come out being like really happy with, not really happy, but they'd be like, yeah, not being in this game. Like they should have been. Yeah, you know, their fans should have been considering trying to like go into London and have an eye out kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know, their the game was should have been done, and two nil can easily quickly become two one with. Yeah. And they would have been like, they would have come out, their, their team talk would have been, we're very lucky to be in this, now let's go and I guess, you know, start again. Um, so when it's still 2-0 and they actually came out and did look a lot better, um, a lot better, and then when Saka scores that goal, it's like, just amazing. Like, we've done this quite a bit in the last two seasons where we've scored goals at really good times. And mm. that was just a great moment, Saka, to finish the game off. Because also, Havertz missed a but sitter to make it 3-0 as soon as the second half was kicked off like people weren't even in their seats so um yeah for yeah. to score that goal when he scored it and um and obviously we've got the the really odd goal in the first half um the corner and yeah it was just brilliant and uh you know some people even clapped joe willock scoring um, yeah i noticed i noticed a bit of that which yeah. you know, I guess that's that's the luxury you can. You, you that's can really works. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you can't exactly. I, I was very happy to clap him onto the pitch. Yeah, uh, but didn't. Yeah, didn't really feel clapping his goal was uh, was necessary. Um, yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, yeah. It was it just it was great. So I think we've fully rounded up every North London game that's happened in the last two weeks. So yeah, let's let's talk about what's coming up this week um neither of us are playing midweek correct we're not we're, 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 isn't we're, it? We're, what's that so, um, so it's brentford yeah. yeah and i i understand that they've got a midweek set of fa cup games fine whether probably mm. maybe i care more if arsenal were in it but it seems harsh that maidstone who i guess everyone will have an eye on are playing at the same time as a premier league game Honestly. I know this is a, a regular bugbear of mine, but the way they schedule football matches just never ceases to baffle me. Uh, 
why would you put I, I understand they didn't get the glamour tie that everyone was hoping for them to get yeah. why would you put maidstone on the monday night i oh, I, I don't understand i guess give them give them a spotlight it hasn't happened for 45 years that a team from their level has reached this. Yeah, there's probably a reason. Like, it has to be on TV. Coventry played on Friday because of it. I'm assuming Maidstone. Mm. Maidstone didn't play. play. Didn't play. Maidstone didn't play. Okay, so that's the... And you've got all the other teams that have played at the weekend and therefore can't play on the Monday. And then, yeah, you're trying to cram in all the fixtures, obviously, before another set of weekend fixtures. Um, there is no game I on think Thursday. It, I think, game on I Thursday. think it's, just, it's just rubbish. It's just... Yeah, obviously, it's rubbish. Not yeah. just to guess. Like freeze. I feel like um, they played on the Thursday, and then you know both teams play again on the Sunday. But I'm sure, there's a reason as to why they couldn't do that either. Yeah, very, very, uh, very silly. But yeah, we obviously the FA Cup is dead to us, so we won't be playing this midweek. And then we have got Crystal Palace, annoyingly suddenly rejuvenated new manager bounce. Crystal Palace, um, another Saturday, three o'clock, and you have to wait until next oh, yeah. Monday. Mm. I, I, I don't suppose you're spending your Monday night traveling, Sheffield, are you? No, I'm not. I get, I am actually in uh, Paris next weekend. Ah, oh, um, yeah. Um, and I will not be uh, traveling to Sheffield upon my return. Yeah. That's a, that's a surprise yeah. for your children, so we probably shouldn't talk about it, but I imagine they probably won't won't get this yeah, far in yeah, yeah, yeah. As other listeners, they probably should be careful. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yeah, fair. That, that's that's a pretty good reason not to be going to Sheffield on a Monday night. I mean, again, why is that game on a Monday night? Like, what? How? They just... Honestly, similarly, just... My, my father and I asked me why we play Newcastle on Saturday night. Yeah. And I kept telling him that I didn't know, but I think he thought I was <laughs> like withholding information. <laughs> um, okay, but I Ricky, I, I, companies, I, whatever, but I, yeah, I, I couldn't. I, I do have to ask, why did you play Newcastle on Saturday night? Yeah. I just, it's just yeah. really strange, isn't it? I, 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 again, we, we neither of us make these decisions, and we have no say in it, and just takes the Mickey, doesn't it? I mean, Newcastle fans having to get back on a Saturday night, Arsenal fans have to get back from Sheffield on a Monday night. These are long yeah, journeys. Like, it's obviously particularly bad. Like Saturday night, like you know, I'm sure there were many Geordies in London on this Sunday morning. Not that I'm excusing it or saying it's fine, but a Monday, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, you know, you're you're likely to be working on the Monday and on the Tuesday. I know people take holidays for it. Fine, it's great, but it's not like it's um, you know a title decider or whatever. No, and it feels. You know, it feels so avoidable. Surely you just, if you really must have Monday night football, and I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, you just have to pick the closest fixture geographically. So if I look at this weekend, you've got Brentford-Chelsea. That's perfect for a Monday night. Spurs-Palace, you could stick that on a Monday night. Even Fulham-Brighton is a reasonable like distance for a Monday night. But Sheffield-United-Arsenal is really not. Uh, it's just... Uh, anyway. Luton um, I would say, you know, because you're not always going to have teams around the corner. Even that isn't ridiculous. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone would moan necessarily about that. But anyway, so, okay, so yeah, so we've got Palace. They've got a new manager. They got a really good result yesterday, although they yeah, did yeah. struggle past yeah, 10 men Burnley, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Um, and then 
Any thoughts on uh, Sheffield United? Um, Hapless Sheffield United. Yeah, they always did just, I guess, scrape past them. Um, what can I say? I mean, well, their last three home fixtures, they've conceded five goals in each. Are they really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Twice against Brighton, League and Cup, and then uh, Villa as well. So the rate, the rate of that you're scoring goals and the rate they're conceding them. Um, yeah, they, did, they didn't have many. They did have ten men for most of the game against. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you'll be overwhelming favourites, and uh, and both of your title rivals will have played by then. And City certainly haven't got an easy game. Well, no, City haven't got an easy game. What I mean is, yeah. it's a big game. Um, sure. And then Forest, Liverpool got Forest away. That's that's yeah, it's potential banana skin. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I'm not. It's uh, a long. Uh, what I will say is, it's a long, there's a long way to go in this season, isn't it? Like, it feels like in the last couple of weeks, people have really wrapped up the whole three-team title race, going to the wire. There's still 12 games to go. Like, you know, it's a long, old time to get excited about title races, I feel. So two interesting games ahead next weekend. We'll see what they bring. But it's been great catching up again. Um... Look forward to uh, to reconvening again next week. In the meantime, um, have a good week, Ricky. Same to you, bro. Um, yeah, I'll speak with you soon. Enjoy Paris. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Don't tell my kids. Right. Shan't. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Bye.